We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here. Oh, man, Andreas Hale. Blue Wire Studios, Wynn Resorts. Taking time out of our NABJ week to come in here and drop an MMA episode. Have an amazing guest on with us today, Muhammad Usman. The big, gigantic brother of Kamaru yes. Usman. This would be fun to talk Big about. little brother. Yeah. It's like Baby D. <laughs> Just go get your big little brother. Um, he's coming on to talk about being in the Ultimate Fighter house, going through that entire experience, now being in the finals, which is taking place this weekend. So it's going to be great. Chop it up with him. Hilarious guy. Can't wait to talk to him, see everything going on there. And I, I have a very specific question for I want to know who wins. Who wins between him and Kamara? Yeah, he's. <clears throat> I gotta. I gotta know. Can he beat the number one pound for pound fighter in the world? Uh, I can't wait to see who gets the better of who around the crib. You know, when he, when it comes to Thanksgiving, is he putting Kamara on headlocks? I can't can't wait to see um, what he says about all of that. To start though, we're jumping right into MMA. UFC two seventy seven was last week. My picks were pretty shitty. All favorites won on the main card. Yeah. Not um, an underdog. Wait, Derek Lewis was an underdog against Pavlovich? He was. Hmm. I got one, two. Well, I got three. Three out of five on the main card. I got that. That's not bad. We've been one hell of a parlay. Yeah. So, opening up the main card, Ankalaev versus Anthony Smith. Three weeks, three injuries, and, and fights. Something. You know what? <clears throat> conspiracy theory alert. Conspiracy theory alert. Tinfoil hat. Here we go. Yes. Uh, sound the alarms. They have to look into the new sponsorships on the mat. There's too many of them. <laughs> People have been slipping, yeah. right? Yeah. And now we've gone from slipping to leg injuries. Yeah. yeah. There has to be a correlation. I don't know what's we going We got to figure it out. Like, maybe you can only do it octagon side, something, but having those sponsorships on the mat, Nah, man. Three weeks in a row, we got we to look into this. Yeah, I mean, up until that point, the, this first fight, you know, 
Ankalaev hit Anthony Smith with a leg kick. We don't know exactly when the injury happened. I think Helwani may have talked to it on the podcast, but Anthony Smith broke his ankle. Yep. And Ankalaev won. <laughs> Post fight interview is funny. It was like, he, basically, his translator was like, he wasn't going to win anyway, which I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, they tried, it wasn't even respectful. He was like, he was losing. Like, I just finished the job. But now, Ankalaev, just like every other fighter who came into and won a fight due to injury, it's hard to put that person in the top spot. So Ankalaev has now got to sit there. I mean, ideally, you put Ankalaev in there with, like, Jan. Yeah. Like, because if Jiri and, and Glover are running it back, which they should, Jan and, and Ankalaev is actually a pretty damn good fight. Definitely. So, but you can't put him, like, you can't put him above anybody because he'd be somebody who was compromised. But. Yeah, no, you got a, a whole nother prove it fight. Yeah. And then at this point, Anthony Smith could go full sugar show and be like, I didn't lose that fight. Yeah, that only works with Sean O'Malley <laughs> and his goof troop. Sean O'Malley undefeated still yeah. uh, in, in the mind of him and all his fans. Then we have Pantoja versus Alex Perez. Dude, listen, we picked both picked Alex Perez because he was on the show. Yep. And I, and I said, I don't know what Pantoja is anymore. And Pantoja went out there, I'll show you who I am. And it, like he Backpacked ran. Him. Yo, he ran at him. He threw some bombs, and I was like, Pantoja don't fight like this. He, the way, this is, there's this thing that is happening in MMA with grapplers. Charles Oliveira does it. Yep. They go for a takedown, but they use the takedown to take the back without actually taking them down because they force you to sprawl and give up your weight on one side of your body, and the whole plan is to widen your stance and go around. It, it, now it's like a trend. He immediately takes Alex's back, Sinks in a rear naked choke, which more is like a, a it was a neck crank. He got him submitted in 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the neck crank that people like he taps a neck crank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that man. looks wildly uncomfortable. Let me come over there and try to twist your head off. <laughs> like you, you think that's any easier to take than getting choked under the neck? Yeah, like getting choked out, you go to sleep, right? Oxygen, no oxygen to the brain, you go to sleep. Getting your neck crank feels like somebody's trying to rip your head off your shoulders. <laughs> I get it. Oh, my God. People used to go to wrestling practice and get, like, cross-faced. It's, like, the most disrespectful. That and get fish hooked. They're, like, the most disrespectful things in, like, a wrestling group. But people used to cross-face all the time. I'd be like, yo, we just fighting at this point. Now it's mixed martial arts in a high school gym. Yep. Because you ain't just cross-facing me, bro. So that's what it reminded me of. That's, yeah, it's just uncomfortable. He wasn't going. The People were like, oh, well, if he didn't tap, he was going to hit the ground. Yeah. Now the guy got your back, you're a whole different world of trouble. Yeah. So it was the beginning and the end anyway. Um, Petodra goes on. Perez, again, after the long layoff, both him. Yeah. Like, now he just got to figure it out. Um, next up, we have Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich. Derek Lewis is the opposite of C-level K. Derek Lewis fighting in Texas. Yeah, just in- is not a top 10 heavyweight. Derek Lewis fighting anywhere else yeah. is in the top three. All right, so you know what the first question is. Was it stopped early? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I hate they it. They got to run it back. Yeah, that's what kind of stoppage it was. Because it was one of those things where it was like, well, like, if you let it go, Pavlovich probably would have stopped him. That is not a guarantee. I've seen Derek be in that exact same position, weather the storm, get up and knock someone. But that's block. what I was going to say. It's like he probably would have stopped him, but you don't know. And because of Derek Lewis' history of doing stuff like this, now you just got to run it back. You just have to run it back. I hated this stoppage. I was 
I hated it for Derek. I hated it for Pat. It's like, we've seen Derek in this position before. And he got up. He was good. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the worst stoppage of the weekend. We didn't even talked about this on our boxing show. Rancis Bartholomew. Oh. This. Gary. Antoine, Antoine Russell. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> was just opening up. He was saying, oh, well, it was going to happen anyway. No, it wasn't. Like, I don't know about that. Like, Bartholomew looked fine. Gave the ref his gloves. Was chilling. Waved it off. Like, Yo, the ref was like, what do I got to do tonight? <laughs> oh, all right. And he waved it off. Got reservations tonight. So that, that was the worst stoppage of the weekend. Yeah, but this was is, this is this was second. I, I just, I felt bad for Derek. It's like, damn, man, you're fighting in your hometown and you get snuffed out. Like, the ref just didn't give Every fuck. time he fights in Texas. Yeah, yeah. You can't, can't do it no more. No, now you can't fight at home. No, got to take this on a rope. Yep. Yeah, home cooking is not good for Derek. Not at all. His balls are not hot when he fights in Texas. So... Yeah, now you gotta gotta put that man on the road. Co-main event, flyweight interim title, oh, stupid title. Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France. Man, this was really fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was. And I still say they're very evenly matched. Yeah, Kai looked great. Moreno had crazy cut leading. Moreno looked great, and then the leg kick, the liver kick. The liver kick. Yeah. Excuse me. The liver kick to just shut Kai down. Thing of beauty. And amazing cornering work. Yeah. yeah. Wait, was, what, James Krause, I think is his? James Krause is like, I'm fucking retired. I'm good at this coaching. Chilling. And, like, called for amazing. Saw the opening. Ended the fight. Kai Carr France had the craziest bruise right there after it. Like, you can't do shit about that. Dude, that's... Like, getting knocked out and going to sleep is one thing. Getting knocked out having to deal with the pain. Like, body, anybody, a lot of people have had the wind knocked out of them. That's one thing. But getting hit in the liver and your body just shuts down. And then the worst part about it is your body shuts down, but your brain is like, oh, he's still trying to hit me. Yeah, the follow-ups. Yeah, here comes Brandon Moreno. And you can't do anything because your body is frozen and this dude's just clocking you. Yeah. And it's like, damn. It was a, (laughs) I didn't predict Moreno to get a stoppage. I predicted the decision. I hate this interim title nonsense. Davison Figueroa gets up. And it's funny because you watch Davison. He gets up. He comes around. It's like very slowly. Like, it's like going through stages of is he going to get in an octagon. And Brandon Reynolds like very nice the whole time on the mic. And Dave, you can see Davison getting diffused. <laughs> so by the time he gets in the ring, he's looking at this really nice guy. And Brandon Reynolds, even he talks like, hey, man, hey. I don't want to, no trouble, no disrespect. My kids are watching. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do about that? <laughs> You can't say I'm going to beat your ass in front of your kids. Nice, you can't do that. Out. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, it's just like, cheers. All right. I guess we're going to fight. Yeah. And like Davidson went to the Hawani show, I believe, and was like, now I'm, I'm mad again. All right. Wait till you see him at the press conference. He's going to do it again. <laughs> Davis, like Brandon Moreno's true strategy is to defuse everybody before the fight starts. How can you be mad at this guy? Yeah, He's no. eating Nutella at the press conference, licking it out of the cup. <laughs> Hold on, my friends. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's he's he's too hard to not like. Oh yeah, has that. Like then he kicks you in the liver. <laughs> and it's the one of the rare cases where, yeah, I want to see a fourth fight. Hell yeah, I want to see a fourth fight. I'd see a fifth. I don't give a fuck. There is a big fighter. But the whole my whole thing is like this was a number one contender fight. I hate this because you have these two titles in the UFC will say, the undisputed champion. It was never disputed. Davis Figueroa was already the champion. There was no dispute. Yeah. It's not like we have 
different sanctioning bodies who have their own number one contender, their own champions. You made up a championship to tell a lie, undisputed champion. Notice, you know what? It gives a narrative to a fourth fight. And the worst part is, it's not really undisputed because if it was undisputed, that means every promotions champion would be Davis Figueroa, Brandon Moreno. Like, yeah. The UFC, they have built this ecosystem of where people who don't watch MMA is like, you watch UFC? And they don't call it MMA. Yep. Right? And then, like, you turn on one FC, and they're like, what's that? Is that UFC? No, that's one FC. What's the difference? It's like, it's MMA. <laughs> it's, it's very different. And the UFC has now created titles and manufactured other titles and then be like, undisputed champion. When was it in dispute? Like, I, I saw Davidson win. Yeah. When did that become a disputed thing? Beat the interim champ. Right. So, no, yeah, it's completely. This is goofy. Yeah, it's, it's again, it'll help sell the fight. Will it, it gives it an extra narrative. I just, I don't know, like, I don't know if anybody sits at home and was like, I wasn't going to watch this fight, but now that there's two belts <laughs> instead of one, I'm tuning that's, in. That's always the, that's always the question, right? Because Dana loves doing interim fights as main events. Because they, You need a belt on the line. You're not getting that with Kamayev and Nate Diaz. No, nah, because you're just getting murdered. Yeah, you're putting Nate out to pass. Bloods are about to spill. Yo, if Nate Diaz beats Hamza Kamayev. On the way out? Oh, my God. It would be a glorious, it would be glorious. Would that be bigger, not like monetarily? Would that be a bigger and better win than when he beat Connor? I'm thinking. If anybody that's, that's listening, <laughs> in the silence, you're like, what is he doing? I'm thinking. On the way out, the narrative around. Man, it's it. tough because. Because you right. can't even run that back. No, he's gone. Like, he CM punked you just now. <laughs> like, flipped you the bird, hopped over the guardrail. He's out of here, Vince. But. You remember, Connor was, like, indestructible to us at a certain point. Yeah. And when the Nate Diaz fight got booked, we were like, oh, Nate's going to get washed. Because Nate's notice. not good. Yep. But Nate has pulled this off before. So I, I still say that Connor's a bigger one because of the stature of Connor McGregor at the time. Even though looking back, we didn't really consider how much the weight would be an issue. It's kind of like the Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey thing, and then Amanda Nunez. Uh, Juliana Pena's like at a time there were people like oh well the Holly Holmes is one of the biggest upsets but then when you really think about it we all knew Ronda couldn't strike like no. the, the seeds were planted people they signed Holly Holm for yeah. that matchup yeah and they, you know they thought I like I thought Ronda gets her hands on her the fight's over all she has to do is not then Ronda was out there just running into fences and I was like all right that so, was Ronda's mistake of or and Edmund oh she who they honestly thought she could. Strike. Yo, suddenly put on the cover of Ring Magazine. Yeah. They're like, oh, Ronda. Who wins? Ronda versus Floyd. Like, they really, she really thought all this was going to win a fight. <laughs> Cole with the amazing grab. Oh, yeah. This. But <laughs> if, if Nate Diaz was to be Kamaev, it would be huge because Kamaev looks like an unbeatable guy. And it, it yeah. definitely looks like it's just taking Nate Diaz of like, look, we don't want you, so we're going to kill you on the way out. They should probably roll the coffin out to the ring. Undertaker status. Yeah, so, um, nah, I, it's, it's one of those fights where you look at it on paper and you're like, ah, uh, Nate has no chance. Yeah. But that's not the case. No. Nate always has a chance. And that's what makes Nate Nate. He's going to lose a lot. But when he wins, oh, and Nate will bleed. Oh, Nate, that's, that's what Nate, Nate bleeds like Ric Flair. Yeah, I was about to say him and Flair. 
<laughs> there's going to be color. So we always, always have that. Um, main event, real quick. Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez. This was, I said this, and people thought I was, I was like, this is a competitive ass whooping. And the only reason why I said it was competitive is because Amanda Nunez kept throwing herself into danger in certain parts of the fight. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you allowing yourself to nearly get Kimura to triangle to armbar? Like, why do you keep doing this? You're winning this fight handily. Yep. The funniest part about this fight is, I remember I, I said it, Amanda should fight a very poised fight because it's an easy fight for her to win if she fights poised. Like, if she fights under control, no problems. She fought in range. There's a fantastic clip out there where somebody put, like, the Roadrunner music on with, like, Julian just, like, running at her, throwing <laughs> oh hands. Oh, my God. And then Amanda just steps back. Yeah, she's like, what are you? Eat wow. this one. <laughs> and Amanda, his, and, but the, the problem with Juliana, and this is why I kept picking Amanda by submission, you can't knock her out. She just keeps coming yeah. back. You got to go into the ground game. Yeah, and eventually she did, but it was, like, two minutes left in the fifth round, and yep. she tried to get a rear naked choke with a, she had a body triangle. It was so close. But Amanda got out of that body triangle and got to the end. Juliana Pena, I mean, Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena is tough as shit. Yeah. Like, th- there's, there's no way around it. But I never thought she was on the level. No, nobody did. Way. That's why we're so surprised. And, like, I, there were people that were like, oh, you know, she's making excuses. I was like, no, man, that COVID and that, those knee issues, very obvious. Yep. If you look back on that fight, because, you know, the cardio thing, no, no, no. She fought Shevchenko to the distance twice. And that's Shevchenko. She's not going to gas out in two two rounds against Juliana Pena. But now, you know, the, the GOAT got her, her belts back. And, you know, the first an- question was, oh, what does she do next? Well, here's the obvious answer. Valentina Shevchenko. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, Shevchenko has not known. No, and I know that, you know, um, Talia Santos obviously wants to rematch, but she has the broken orbital. And <laughs> if your team Shevchenko is kind of like, I don't really want that fight again. Not right now. I'll go fight Amanda. And if I lose Amanda, then I can come back down and defend that title. But if you lose Italia Santos in a rematch, let's just say it happens, everything goes up in smoke. Yeah. So you fight Amanda now. Amanda, I mean, Amanda has nobody else. She's talking about she wants to fight at 45 again at featherweight. Nah. Who's she going to fight? Y'all going to find a way to get Cyborg? Kayla Harris is stuck in PFL now. So it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, there's no one there. No one with a name. No. So it's just killing time. I mean, it's not like there's she's holding up a division. There's no division to hold. No, it's again, the UFC just makes shit up. It was like they got Cyborg, and they was like, "Can you get 35?" They're like, "No." We're like, "We'll create a belt for you." Yep. She got a belt of 45, and then Amanda went over there and they beat her up, and they was like, "All right, well, I guess." Well, at least she, like you know, there were people like Megan Anderson there, other people moving for a hot second. It looked like they could have a division. I don't think they've ever had. Have they had ten women in that division? No, not enough ranking. So it's like, you can't even have a top 15. And Amanda's like, I want to fight a 45 because clearly she doesn't feel like cutting weight. But the other side of it is like, there's nobody at 35. No. You're going to be fighting a 35er at 45. You'll, the, the only 35er that's left is Caitlin Vieira. That, that's it. Other than that, it's Shevchenko. Yeah. Now you just got to convince Valentina. It's like, go 35. Like, you're still undersized for that weight class. No matter what Shevchenko says, like, you're still going to run into the same size issue that you ran into the, the first two fights. Yep. And that was the true difference maker. And it just comes down to, can you be more technical? Can you stay off the ground? Yeah, that, that also. Helps. The man is big. Yeah. So, so going to be interesting. Let's hit a quick break. Come back. Talk about this weekend's fights. And real quick, be joined by reverse Rat Pack member, 
Danny Acosta. Make sure he comes in and we'll chop it up and we'll talk not only about this weekend's fights, I guess, and then we'll take a look at some of the upcoming pay-per-view cards for the UFC before getting out of here and get his opinion on some of those. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody. We are joined with Reverse Rat Pack member Danny Acosta. Acosta is legend. If you guys follow him on social media, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube with the amazing mask on today, you're, I said it during the break, you like Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's me as a Mexican embracing my heritage. I don't know about Excalibur and his uh, cultural appropriation, but this is a Roosh mask. Uh, technically, which i never seen before, but luchamasca.com, no sponsorship. They just did a great job. I got all my fits. I got a mask for every day of the week. Uh, just love it. La Parca, Rey Mysterio, or uh, Rey Mysterio Sr., actually. And uh, CMLL, they just did uh, amazing things. They even have New Japan recently. So just uh, so comfortable because it's actually made by the uh, lucha guys that make the mask for the wrestlers. So you imagine you're doing moonsaults and, uh, you know, tumbles outside the ring, suicide dives. You're sweating. You're working up. So just to go walking around day to day feels great. Yeah, and, uh, I definitely got one. I need a couple of more in the I collection. Yes. So, no, nah, Danny's here. We're previewing this weekend's card now and then also talking about some future cards since we have you. So, you know, to pick your brain, Danny well, well, is super on. OG, yeah, OG yeah. in – UFC. I mean, you were covering this at like 23? No. When did you start? 2007, and I was still a sophomore in college. And I was published on ESPN via SureDog. So I started at SureDog and pretty much wrote for everyone in the industry. Um, did radio, did producing. I mean, I really did it all. So it's been, it's been a few years now. I was happy to take a step away and focus on filmmaking. But as you see, I'm back with the new gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> People never made like, what? They got Danny out of retirement? Where is this guy? Oh, only for y'all. Only for y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're, we're family, man. That's that's what we do. No, nah, I got to love it. So, yeah, I mean, you're here. We'll take off the the movie making hat for a quick second. Throw back on your, your MMA mask. <laughs> uh, you're here with the mask on. And let's get your... Um, predictions for this weekend's card. So it is, well, I guess we got to pick the ultimate fighter. Well, wait, here's the fun part, right? The ultimate fighter has become such a non-entity that they're putting it on a fight. The winners are on a fight night card. Yeah, instead of the pay-per-view. And neither fight is the main event. (laughs) No. I mean, this is the smart way of doing it. Well, who cares? Like, did anybody, listen, no disrespect to Muhammad Usman, who we have on the show shortly. But I don't know anybody that was like, yo, I can't wait to watch the Ultimate Fighter this season. Nah, and I guess this season was was pretty good in terms of, like, action. But I don't believe that. I watched, like, two episodes. No, I don't believe it because... And I, I work for it. <laughs> I work, watch two episodes. Yo, they've had the same formula yeah. for a year, and they haven't refreshed the thing. They tried that live one. That sucked. Yeah, that was... I mean... And then it's like... Unless it's a hard formula to pull off in 2022. Well, I don't care. Like, right? Like, ultimately, when I turn on... Like, I didn't turn on... I didn't turn on an episode. 
Because it wasn't going to make me want to watch Juliana Pena get beat up by Amanda Nunez anymore. There's nothing they could do on that show that was like, that's going to make me interested. And then the Ultimate Fighter winners, like, can you name the last three? No, not at all. One. Yeah, for context, I think it was season eight. Was that the Ryan Bader season? I believe the Bader yeah. season was eight. I, I believe so. I said tough, jump the shark in season eight. So what are we on, season 52? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yo, they really haven't tried anything different. And now with Dana White's Contender Series, it's a redundancy. Yeah. Like, yeah. why have two? What's the point? Yep. You know, the point is, like, we can just get everybody on shitty contracts. Yeah, but I mean, why would I go to a house and, and kill my body for two months when I can just fight once on Contender Series and get a contract? Uh, I mean, I guess it's if, if they tell you no to the Contender Series and you have to go through the house, it's like, all right, well, I guess I guess go in this, this house for a few <laughs> weeks and have to make weight every couple days. Like, what? A, it's stupid. Yeah, I think to your point, though, Anthony Pettis said something recently, former UFC champion, you know, uh, Showtime. Highlight reels on highlight reels, PFL fighter currently. He said, a lot of guys in my gym at Duke Rufus, they just want to be in the UFC for the fame. It's not even about the money. So when you're asking why do they accept terrible tough contracts or terrible Dana White contender series uh, options, they want to be in the UFC brand and get that fame, get that rub. Whatever that means to people, I don't know. Prefer probably get the money instead, you know, if you yeah, have good management. It had to have meant more when you couldn't get sponsorships. <laughs> wear stuff into the octagon, right? Like, because people be like, oh, okay, I'll sponsor you because you're on the, you're in the UFC. Like, now what does it? Dude. I don't understand what I mean. The UFC is the American dream. And what I mean by that is America has put out this thing to the world that says, come to America. You can be anything you want. But they don't tell you, like, you're probably going to be poor and in poverty. And it's like, it's going to be really hard for you to get a visa. Like, they don't tell you any of that stuff, but Amer- the American dream is like, you can be like Puff Daddy. <laughs> and it's like 1% of people. So the yeah. UFC has created the American dream. You come to the UFC, won't make you famous. Yep. The UFC will never make you famous. There's only one person with Conor money. Like, Ronda was a lightning rod in Strike Force. The UFC has no machine to make stars. The UFC chews them up and spits them out, just like America does. Like, you enter the workforce, you get underpaid, you make us a bunch of money, and then you perpetuate the American dream. So now everybody wants to come to the UFC when you can get paid more at Bellator. And they're like, I don't want to go to Bellator. Nobody's going to watch my fights. Well, you take your broke ass to the UFC, <laughs> and good luck. Because as soon as you lose, then nobody wants you. Like, who is a... Uh, got to bet on yourself. Yo, Corey Anderson has said multiple times, he's like, I'm making so much more money in Bellator. Yeah. And people are like, well, you're not fighting the UFC? And his, <laughs> probably in his head, his team was like, yeah, because he probably lose for less. Yeah, definitely. I don't get it. So the ultimate fighter, I it, I just don't care. That it's, it's like said, child labor. That's what the ultimate fighter is. Like, uh, we at least got to pick the Usman fight. Usman. I didn't watch the season, so I'm gonna pick Muhammad Usman because he's the big younger brother of Kamara Usman. I have no context. That I didn't watch anything. I don't care. <laughs> well, I guess I will go with Muhammad Usman to win too because he's now a friend of the pop. Because he's going to be joining us right after this. Want to so. ask Danny? Did, did you watch any of the Ultimate Fighter? Oh, not at all. I mean, <laughs> you got to lift me up and drag me to wherever to get me to watch a pay-per-view these days. A pay-per-view premium live event, whatever they're calling them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's bad. We, we just had um, Shane Burgos, I think, was talking about this uh, publicly. I forget for which uh, publication. But he was saying, like, Back uh, four or five years ago, fighters weren't talking publicly about testing the market and free agency, and there weren't the same opportunities. He said, now I would be disrespecting my family if I didn't look for opportunities. And I think that's legit, and I think that's an attitude that you'll see more of because it's true. 
yeah. know, what's good is the brand and the fame if you're not making the same money. Yeah. You know, uh, Dre is talking about, like, uh, it being the American dream, and that's definitely apt because they say it themselves. The UFC and Dana White will say, hey, this isn't a job. It's an opportunity. It's not that good of an opportunity these days. <laughs> it's a little less of an opportunity. Hey, I can yeah. be on TV. Like, if you look at this card, right, like, so uh, the two Ultimate Fighter winners are, are not even the co-main event. Right? Yeah. The, main and co- the main is Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill, and the co-main is Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal. Then you have the two Ultimate Fighter cards. Then, if you go down the card, Terrence McKinney, who just lost, but I recorded the fastest knockout, I believe, in lightweight history at the yeah. time. He's, not, he's on the prelims. So it's like, how much is he making? And, and Something to show, something to win. And it ain't a lot, <laughs> I mean, right? You got to win. But Smiling Sam Alvey's here. I'm surprised he's I mean, but this is content, right? Like, they create content. Like, Terrence McKinney gets his highlight reel knockout. They put it over the, the Who opening video, and they show it everywhere. Like, Joaquin Buckley's knockout, right? Yeah. It, but I'm still getting a 10 and 10. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're talking about the opportunities that Tough does or does not provide. And look at Dana White's Contender Series. Who's the biggest a star that they've produced? Sean O'Malley, Sean right? O'Malley. What did he say recently? Uh, this is just a platform for me to sell my merch. Yep. You know, this is just an opportunity for me to get my brand out there and build it. It's not about the money that I'm getting for these fights. It's crazy. But then he made them rip up the deal. Now he, <laughs> he's, he's now fighting for a number one contender. Like how many seasons of the contender have there been? It's been several years. Four? All of them but Sean O'Malley's the biggest star. So we had like Chase Hooper, I believe, was on there. Yes. But uh, they had, Alex uh, Perez was on there face? and got smoked by Davidson Figueroa. Like it, and he was still making like contender contract money. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a farm. It's like, again, it's child labor. Let's get these <laughs> kids to go out here and beat each other up. We're going to create content to sell to ESPN. And then we're going to give them 3% of that in, total, in the total fight purse. Easy for them. And then Daniel will be like, don't count my pockets. But they don't give the milk boys a quarter million dollars. They ain't fighting nobody. Yeah, I, mean, I understand the logic, though, because you look at boxing. And you'd be like, yo, no one gives a fuck about those undercards. Like, and we're spending a lot of money to spend, like, MMA veterans for a long time. They did, right? Like, you have former, like, Strike Force guys, WC guys, all this stuff, like, stacked cards. You're like, yo, we're paying a, a good amount, like, 60K to fight, 60K to win. Like, yo, that's 120K for one guy if he wins when we can just mail it in on these undercards and pay 120 for the entire thing. But, but, and then you can jump in on this too. Boxing has been a broken system for a long time, but we're used to that broken system, yeah. right? Everybody buys a pay-per-view for the main event forever, right? But even still, like when Adrian Broner's in a co-main event, he's still getting like a million dollars. Yeah. Right? Like, so... Yeah, no, of course. Like, the cab driver, of course you're not going to pay him but, like, $2,500. He drives cabs. Like, what do you expect? But in the UFC, the the brand that they are selling is not the main event. They want you to watch the prelims. And they tout the ratings. They was like, oh, we were number one in this demo with our prelims. All right, you did all the numbers, sold all them advertisers. Who was the highest paid person on those prelims? It would be like somebody who's, like, 10 and 10. And unlike boxing, you got to pay your trainers, your your coaches. Your gyms. And it's like, what do you come home with after taxes? Misha Tate just talked about it on Sears. Like, I got no money from this fight. I just came in there and got beat up by Lauren Murphy. That sucks. It's a damn yeah. shame. A UFC A-side in a main event 
would kill to get boxing B-side anonymous opponent money. <laughs> oh, hands down. I mean, there is a gulf, a mountain of space between those two factors. So you got to ask, you know, what would you rather have? Would you rather have that money or would you rather have fame in this niche of the UFC and, you know, mixed martial arts? Should have went into boxing. <laughs> no, it's not like Dana's like calling like muscle and fitness or trying to get you in no. a movie or something. Right? Exactly. At least boxing, you have agency over your, your brand. In the UFC, it's like you sign your contract, and they go, we're going to put you in a video game, and you're not going to get paid for it. And when you retire, you're still going to be in our video game, and you're still not going to get paid for it. At least in the WWE, I don't think there's anybody on the main roster that's making less than three hundred grand a year. That's fair. Now, I know people say, well, they're on the road and all this shit, but I ain't getting, like, <laughs> there's no health care in the UFC. No. There's the like you go in there to get beat. Like, listen, man, if I fight three times in a single year and I'm on a 10 and 10 contract and I win all three of those fights, that's sixty thousand dollars before taxes, before payouts. I work a regular job. Be a teacher. Yeah. Like you're and these guys are putting their and it's not like because pro they say, well, pro wrestlers are on the road a lot, right? Even though the pandemic, they were getting paid to stay home. Yeah. The other side of that is you think MMA fighters aren't training a lot? You talk about the road part sucks. But you think these MMA fighters aren't trained like getting injured, having fights canceled, and then got to sit at home? The hardest part is, yeah, if you don't fight, you don't eat. And we've heard several fighters tell us that. Like, right. oh. WWE, if, if you're not on TV, you're still collecting your check. And we, we all know, even though you're taking a lot of damage in the fight, you're actually getting paid for the training. Because if you don't train six hours a day for right. three months to yep. make that one specific date, then you're not going to be able to perform at the level that actually makes you money in the sport. Yeah. Wherever that money is, because, you know, it's hard to find, but <laughs> it takes a long time. And we've seen generations of fighters, and that's why I think you had the backlash now, because there's a whole generation that people saw that they looked up to, that they're the reason that they became fighters, that now don't have anything. You know, not a damn thing. I mean, there's a reason guys are trying to, uh, you know, escape and get into bare knuckle or get into these uh, stunt celebrity boxing matches, it's because they know they can make more money if they are, in fact, control of their own brand. Whatever that brand may be, whatever vision they have for it, it's about having that agency for yourself. Yeah, I think we're about to see Mike Perry versus MVP bare knuckle. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Like, that's, <laughs> that thing is happening. Yeah. But bare knuckle, they're overpaying because they got money. They're overpaying. It's like, well, fuck, we got to get somebody. Paid Trans and it's Coleman. Is she fighting again? Yeah. Why? Got this only She's still on the contract. I mean, she got that OnlyFans yeah, bread, and she got AEW money. She she better prep some content. And just keep it in the can because bare knuckle cut up her face for a while. Uh, it's just I don't get and it. And she's an AEW. That's what I'm I don't I don't get it. Like we've talked to UFC fighters over the years, and it's like you think about because <laughs> if you make it to the top, you get paid marginally well. Well, circling back to tough. We have 45 years, roughly, of experience between us covering the sport of mixed martial arts. And we could answer those basic questions about <laughs> who, was, who was on tough, who won tough. Yeah, it's a tough. factory, man. And they just, it's a conveyor belt of content. Like, the fans are conditioned to watch every week, right? I watch because I have to. It's my job. But it's like when I watch and I'm like, yo, people like watch these fights. And I'm just thinking like, damn, man. They only have time to tell stories for anybody on this card. No. Right? So now... You have some guy, like, I'll use Alex Perez as a perfect example. That dude fought for the title against Davis Figueredo. Went on the contender series, won, and then got a you know, late replacement, jumped in, got 
the shit kicked out of him by Davidson and went home. He still got the same money. Now, if I'm a boxer, I negotiate a fight-by-fight basis. Yep. You can't do that in the UFC. Yeah, that's tough. Like, who? <laughs> Eddie Alvarez. When he fought Connor, it was like, yeah, hey, I'll fight on the same contract because I'm confident I'll win. Who cares? Molly McCann went on there and was like, I don't have a problem with the UFC because I stay in five-star hotels. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Fringe like, benefits. Yeah, like, what are you talking like, about? You come on, you still broke. Patty Pimblett made what, 12 and 12 in that, in that other fight? Not this. No, I was going to say no way. The, the last one, he, oh, he talked about it. He had like a 12 and 12. He's still on like a rookie contract base. To fill an arena. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was the main draw. Yep. You take the front row of OCs, put that in his, in his pocket. No, the OCs putting it in their pocket. He couldn't buy a ticket. To sit front row with that money. No. <laughs> I just, I, After tax. Oh, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, yeah, Patty needs a new deal. So hopefully he's I think that. he's got one now. But I think the fight before the last fight, I believe it was 12-12. He went on Hawaii show and talked about that. All Somebody right. will correct me, but so it was under 20. Prediction, Vincente Luque versus Jeff Neal. Luque. I mean, look, man, I think Jeff Neal, he's been a good fighter. Vincente Luque has always been one of those guys that's been, a, he's like right there. And you feel like he's like a fight or two away from, from being, you know, an elite welterweight. Can't believe he's only 30. I mean, he's just hitting his stride. It's like he's been around forever. But Jeff Neal's got heavy hands. So, I mean, it should be a, a good fight. But I'm going I'm to go with Vicente Luque because he's just, he's one of those guys. Just like I just talked about Pantoja. When yeah. I was like, who is he? I don't know who he is. And then Pantoja shows up and did what he did to Alex Perez. I'm like, oh, he's that guy. I think Luque might show that against Jeff Neal. Danny. I think both guys are kind of hot and cold, 50-50, toss-up, you know, inconsistent. It's, it's tough, you know. Uh, I have a friend who trains a lot, and he says, you know, sometimes I think the sport of mixed martial arts is just any given night, you know. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter how hard you train. You could just get caught, and I'll go with Jeff Neal. I, I do think he's heavy hands, and, you know, I don't really trust the Brazilian cardio all the time, so maybe that'll <laughs> help uh, Neal get over Luque. Yeah, it only being three rounds. It's kind of one of those things where I'm picking Luke just because I'm not sure how many opportunities Jeff is going to have to really put hands on him. I think Luke can make it kind of ugly enough and not trade enough to sneak out of here with a, a good decision win. Because, again, once it gets to the ground, Jeff Neal's fighting for his life to not get subbed. So I think Luke, even if I don't think he lands the sub, I could be wrong, but I think he'll threaten enough to just waste time on the club. Luke likes to throw hands, though. That's Sometimes the thing about Luke. Like in his wins, he goes to the ground. He submits people. When he stands well, up and he starts throwing hands, that's where he fucks. But up. you know, some of his wins is he stuns somebody, chases chase him. Chase him. Yeah, I mean, that's but, every jujitsu guy, right? Like, but they it, have no takedown. Yeah, but like Vicente Luque. I mean, this is kind of what Danny said. Like it's hard because Jeff Neal can land a shot and it's just over. Yeah, right. And you never know when it's coming when you have that kind of power. But I feel like Luque might be just a little bit more disciplined than, than Jeff Neal in this fight, but. We'll see. I don't even know what happens for the winner. This is a, the welterweight division is a weird division because Kamaru Usman is the here. Division of one it is Kamaru Usman is here, and then like as much as we don't like Colby, who's beating that guy? That's what's always tough. Yeah, like he's gonna earn another title shot in a second because I'm not sure who else. He's, he's on the bench. Beat. He needs to fight. He needs to fight somebody. He's such a tough fight. Like, yeah, for people and- to accept, and now they're paying him more money. So, like, he can't be anything other than a co-main. 
Yeah. And Usman's not even just up here. He's up here at 205. He's got his heads in the clouds on oh. the bigger and better things, apparently. Yeah. I mean, he was talking about fighting Canelo, which is absurd. But at 205, I think uh, that's something that we've never seen before. That That's actually an interesting story. And there are very few of them in the UFC these yep. days. And I mean, the thing with Usman is, like, you look at him, and then you, like, he's one of those guys that you go to yourself, like, how do you make 170? Yo, when he faced off with Jan Blakowicz, just in that random social media post, that was unbelievable. Crazy. Blakowicz is big. Like, I was like, yo, Jan is, like, Jan just, Izzy just got tossed around by Jan. Yeah. But then you looked at Kamaru, and he was like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's two weight classes up. Yeah. And I think he could do it, and I think he could become champion. That's going to be insane. Yeah, we got to ask Muhammad about that, too, when he joins us. And then main event, Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. I ain't paying against Jamal Hill. I'm not either because I think— Knocking out Tiago. Yo, Tiago— ain't going 25. Tiago is not who he was prior to that John Jones fight. It really makes me think, what the hell is John Jones? Well, well, I mean, the thing is, is that fighters like Tiago Santos, who have relied heavily— on their power, so much to the point that he gets the, the hammer of Thor on his, his chest. <laughs> At a certain point, the explosiveness goes away, whether it's due to injuries, whether it's just due to opponents getting better, or you just getting old. And he's fought, what did he fight? Johnny Walker, a fight or two ago? Beat the brakes off of Johnny Walker. And But who the fuck is Johnny Walker? So it's like... I mean, he was really good before the breakdancing shoulder I mean, shit. Johnny Walker was, again, it's like you look at guys like Johnny Walker, they get a big knockout and people go, oh, he's the next big thing in the division. I ain't seen him do shit else. Yeah. There's, there's people that are disciplined. Like, Dominic Reyes was the guy at 205 until he wasn't. And he hasn't been since. Right? Now, Yuri Prohaska is now the champ. And people are like, that's the, the Prohaska era. And I was like, dog, do you guys remember the Machida era? <laughs> How that shit ended? Yeah. Remember the, the Shogun era? Like, Shogun's back. And how that ended? It was John Jones' era. He was wired different. Yeah. So it's like I look at Tiago Santos, and I'm just like, I think you're done, buddy. I think it's oh, a wrap. Yeah, it might. He's gatekeeper set. Like I think he's gonna get snuffed. And Jamal Hill's got power. He only lost to Paul Craig because Paul Craig damn near ripped his arm out of his damn socket. Yeah. And he still fought with the arm dangly. Yeah. So it's like you have you have a guy that's on the upside with power. Especially when you have guys that didn't full-time train at one point, and then they've gotten better to the point where they can full-time train, and they're fighting somebody that's on the downside of their career. Tiago Santos might get murdered in this fight. Yeah. I'm definitely picking that Jamal Hill by, by murder. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I don't know as much uh, about Hill, but I definitely don't see it for Santos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, to the point you guys are making, I think uh, with the UFC, it's uh, the here and now their detriment to the point where you had uh, Amanda Nunes coming back, you know, one of the best champions they've ever had. And Dana White, UFC president, is talking about, well, I wanted to see more from her. It's like, yo, this is why the UFC has an issue with stars, because when you have a tenured long-standing champion, you still treat them like they're day one. You still treat them like they need to prove themselves. What does Amanda Nunes need to prove? She's one of the best fighters ever. Right. In general. Yeah, yes, period. period. Regardless of gender, I mean, yeah. double champ, uh, knockouts on knockouts, uh, beat, beat the best of her era. champion to ever yeah. hold a belt in the UFC at 125, 135, 140. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. There are very few things that are unprecedented, and she did things that are unprecedented. And she just avenged a loss, right? Yeah. So we, we saw that question mark answered. That's what she should be talking about. This is a champion who came back. Look, man, 
Amanda Nunes didn't get to headline a pay-per-view for several years until she lost the fight. Yeah, absurd. Like, come on, man. Like, she fought Cyborg in a co-main event. Yeah. The Cyborg fight. If that and Dana said can say whatever he wants, like, dog, you do not believe in your champion if you're not putting her in a position to succeed. If she's not the main, like, why is she the champion of the co-main event constantly? Oh, I would say Stop. champions, plural. You yeah, don't believe well, yeah. in champions, that's, that's not just her. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dog, he was gonna shut the flyweight division. Yep. And, <laughs> like, and that's okay. one of our most exciting divisions they have. Yeah, we just had Moreno with that excellent uh interim title fight. Yeah, but like, I mean that that rivalry, I mean, even Demetrius Johnson had to pop up and say, yo, I respect it. This is legit. I love what they're doing. Yeah. I I would love to see Mighty Mouse come back, but it seems like that one that ship is sailed. <laughs> oh yeah. Fun. Far gone. That's that ship is sailed. He's he's got enough trouble in the one. Yeah, yeah. Where like yeah, I ain't worried about you that. coming back. Um all right, so Danny, now that we have you, want your predictions for a couple fights coming up. Putting you on the spot. We're going over the three main events for the upcoming UFC pay-per-view card. God, that includes that murder that's coming up. Usman versus Leon Edwards. Ooh, that's a tough one. I do like Leon Edwards, but I think uh, Usman will retain as long as he's not going to release a rap album right before like Woodley did when he lost to Usman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he has those skills. <laughs> yeah, I think he's sticking to the fight game. I think he wants that 205 fight. Yo, the thing about Kamaru Usman that separates him from other people is like, I said this before, but when he says he wants to fight Canelo, I don't think this like hubris. I think in his head, he's like, I really want to challenge myself. He might fuck me up, but I don't mind getting fucked up. I think that's yeah. the, the mindset that Kamaru has. Like him fighting at 205 is not protecting a legacy. He's like, well, shit, I got to do something. And that guy's got a belt. I think I can beat him. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. With Leon, like, Leon's a great fighter. I think if Leon loses, book Leon and Colby. But what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Leon's going to lose. And Kamaru's going to beat the piss out of Nate Diaz, which we're going to get to in a second. And if for whatever reason Kamaru decided to move up, they won't do Leon and Masvidal. They won't do Leon and Colby. They'll try to get Leon killed by Kamaru. Oh, that, yeah, I'm with that. Kobe ain't fighting Kamara. I just hate how they've treated Leon Edwards. Yeah, Other terrible. fighters get softball fights, right? Yeah. No. He had no. to wait all this time to get a title fight. But now he's not just fighting Kamara Usman. He's fighting the best version of Kamara Usman. Yep. And then he'll lose. And, and they'll be like. the last version of Kamara Usman. He'll lose. And if Masvidal wanted to fight, if Masvidal was like, I want to fight him, the UFC will book it. Yep. But if Leon's like, I want to fight Masvidal. And this fucker Masvidal don't win fights. But if Leon loses and he's like, well, I want to fight Maswell, it's like, no, we're going to feed you to Kamaya. Like, they have their favorites. It, it's just the way that they book these shows is bullshit. Yep. We have, all right, so that one you mentioned next main event Hamza Kamaev versus Nate Diaz. It's not going to be Nate. <laughs> it's not just period. And uh, got a lot of respect for the 209 and, you know, what they've done there, the Diaz brothers, but. Nah, this is Nate Diaz's swan song. He wants out, and he's going to fight like it. He's going to go in there. He's going to lay down like uh, Nick Diaz did against Anderson Silva. He's going to flip the bird. He might get a hope spot in the end like he did against Leon Edwards, and then it's off to the next thing, which is bare knuckle, most likely going to be a celebrity boxing match. Yeah, he's fighting Jake Paul at some point. Yeah, I mean, like that's, he's getting paid is yeah, what he's going to yeah. do. He's going to get what he's not getting in the UFC. Yeah, he's still trying to get his back pay from all that time he was on the tough contract. <laughs> oh, my God. And then suspended for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> then, last one, Charles Oliveira, Islam 
Makachev. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to stick with Oliveira on this one. Oliveira, man, we've covered him. I remember thinking that he was the favorite against Jim Miller, and that was a mistake. Wow. <laughs> come a long time from there. He is legitimately improved, and he's one of the best uh, kind of UFC lifer stories to actual champion, legit top guy. So I want to see him get that belt because, I mean, that whole weigh-in debacle is just so disappointing. Doesn't say, doesn't say that he's going to win, but... Uh, I just think uh, emotionally, I, I think Oliveira is going to do it. I think he has a lot to prove because of that debacle. Yeah, and which it sucks if it really was like a scale thing. It was absolutely a scale <laughs> thing. It was, I mean, just when you think MMA can't get more jank and absurd, it'll do something <laughs> like that. And to a great champion who doesn't deserve that mark on his legacy. Oh, Oliveira finishes, strike finishes, um, just oh. exciting fights, fight of the nights. He's done it all. Leads in all categories. Yeah, and, and I think he's really coming to his own, having the confidence of being the champion and wearing that belt. Not a lot of guys do that. Some guys get the title, and then they get shook. Then they're yeah. not themselves. Then they get into the uh, fame aspect, as we were talking about with Anthony Pettis. You know, Oliveira is not that. Oliveira is there to fight. He is a fighter through and through. They fight to protect the belt a lot of times. Like, you know, just go to yeah. a decision, get me out of here. That's not him. No, Oliver wants to choke you out or, or tap you out. He gets strikes. dropped in every fight. Yeah. Yep. Comes back and whoops ass. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm picking Oliver as well. Just I'm taking Islam. <clears throat> well, yeah, you, you want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that guy. The thing about Oliver is, like, exactly what Danny mentions. Like, he comes to fight, but he's got more ways to win than Mike Shev. Yeah, but that's one hell of a way to win. No, it is. Don't get me wrong, but Makachev would make a mistake standing with Charles Oliveira. Yeah. And it's like... And we've seen him go to the ground and get caught in... But it's like, you could could take him down if you want to. Yeah. But this is Charles Oliveira we're talking about. Like, you... Not only do you have to control him, but it's like, just like the Nunez-Pena fight, you think he's not going to sneak out? Yep. You think he's not going to backdoor you? And again, just like I talked about with the, uh, the Pantoja fight, this... Oliveira did it in his last fight. He shot for a takedown, but the way he shot for the takedown, he shifted his weight and immediately took his back. Like, if he shoots on, uh, on Makachev, I'm not sure what Makachev is going to do. Because Makachev is fully expected to be the one to shoot first. Yeah, he ain't going to sprawl. I mean, if Oliveira shoots, it's against the cage, then you got to, like... Well, no, no, no. No, no, no. When he chased Justin Gaethje down, he shot with the... With the so Gaethje would kick his legs out, but he hooked his, his right leg around Gaethje's left leg and immediately took his back before Gaethje even knew what was going on. Yeah. It is... It's like this new... Ta- like, three fighters have done it over the past, like, a few months. And I'm I'm like, yo, if he does that against Makachev and gets Makachev's back, it's over. Yeah. I think I've seen... Ortega was, like, the first one I saw use that. It might have been Ortega. And I then, know, like, backpacks. I know Pantoja just did it, and I know yeah. Charles has done it very well. And it's it's like... Everybody talks about Makachev's wrestling, but what happens if Oliveira gets his back? I, I'm, I don't think yeah. anybody can deal with Oliveira in that white weight class on his back. Offensive wrestling and defensive wrestling, two different things. Yeah. I always tell people, like, you can be the greatest, like, offensive wrestler and be in a world of trouble if you don't know yeah. how to stop someone who's also a great wrestler. O- yeah, Oliveira has become excellent at using his length and leverage in, in ways that you don't really see. And in the modern MMA UFC landscape, not a lot of guys still have a dangerous guard and good sweeps, and he's yep. got both, and that's how he gets the back, and that's why he's so dangerous. I came into mixed martial arts loving jiu-jitsu like a lot of us did, and Oliveira is still one of the few guys out there that holds it down. Oh, his guard is sick. Yeah. Like, yeah. And again, Islam, your way to win is to take him down. 
Yeah. So you're not gonna 25 struggle. minutes. It's a longer road. 25 minutes. You said it. You got to yeah. be perfect. Pitch perfect. Oh, that is tough. <laughs> like, it's going to be one hell of a fight. Um, we'll see how that one plays out. Danny, thank you for joining us, taking some time out here for NAHJ. Uh, it's great having you in town. Talking a little MMA today. It's overdue. I love you guys. Uh, I can't say that enough, and I appreciate you having me in the studio. I, I've seen it on the stream, and you guys uh, always deserve this level, and I'm just so happy to see it. Man, appreciate I appreciate it. Uh, Costa is legend on social media. Make sure you follow. Like, no, not even just like a phenomenal writer, phenomenal photographer, phenomenal everything, right? Like, I've known Danny. Shit, we were just talking about this the other day. What, 13 years now? Yeah. 14 years? And it's just, if you want to follow somebody who, if you love MMA, that's cool. But if you love art, somebody who appreciates art and culture and his political life, like, the, the, he's the man. He's the man. He's not just here as a guest. He's part of our reverse rap pack family, which is yes. truly a family. That means, that means a lot. And just as an update, Kel, sorry, my handle now is D-A-M writing to that hey, point. Because I'm, I'm doing more culture work these days, arts and uh, writing. And also, if you want to check out my photography, I taught myself photography, D-A mission photos uh, on social media. And uh, I actually did a lot of wrestling photography that, uh, you know, hopefully feature in the studio someday for y'all. Definitely. And uh, working on a pretty good project right now. Yeah. Little little silence on that one. Yes. It, yes. Just be, a little tease. Yeah. Just a little we'll tease. Follow, you know, follow along. Big things coming from Danny. We appreciate it. You guys don't go anywhere. We're coming back with Muhammad Usman. Don't tell him I didn't watch the ultimate fight. <laughs> we'll see what he has to say about that. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Told you we had an amazing guest on this week's show. And now we are joined by Muhammad Usman, heavyweight finalist for the ultimate fighter this season, going for that title. Brother, you might have heard of his brother. <laughs> his brother's a little smaller than him, but it's all right. If you if you haven't heard, Kamaru Usman is his brother. Whatever. Muhammad is making sure he's carving out his own lane. This guy's an animal. When I went to the like pre-press event where you meet everyone from a contender series. I looked at him. I was like, yo, why don't you just put him in the final right now? Like, what are, what are we doing this season for? So it's one of those things where you look at Muhammad Usman, you know he's the real deal. Muhammad, thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Ah, man, it's, it's great. You're putting me to shame. I'm going to go to the gym right after I'm done here because you showed up. You got the traps trapping. You got, you got, you know, you, you flexing on us right now. So it's, nah. <laughs> so right now I, I, I just feel, I feel a little bad. I got to go get a, like a couple reps in after this, just to, you know, try to, try to look like you right now in the interview. Uh, man, it's, it's been a long season. You've been in the tough house. What was that process like for you? Cause a lot of people say that's like anything else in the sport, right? Having to fight that much in that limited amount of time and the pressure that house puts on you. It's kind of like March Madness for you for the UFC. What was that like for you? How's that been so far? Yeah, man. Uh, the tough house honestly was a blessing because uh, you know a lot of guys they'll tell you too being able to go that route to get into the UFC is really ideal. 
You know, it's almost like you, you it's almost like you getting these fights that don't go on your record and you're building yourself up to put yourself in a position to be able to shine on the big stage. So I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity. And yeah, it was tough, man. Uh, you know, sleeping right next to somebody that you know you're going to punch in the face. You having bad thoughts about them. They having thoughts about you. I'm like, I know this motherfucker looking at me. You know? <laughs> so you were one eye open? <laughs> oh, man, for sure. And it's, and especially when we're all winning. So then it's like, I knew we we all, we hit a point where it's like, you knew there was a potential, there was a chance that I could potentially uh, two of my uh, teammates. So, you know, and we and it was four of us in one room. So, so you know, it, it was, uh, it was, you can cut the tension with a knife because you didn't know who you was going to fight. You didn't know nothing. So yes, good night. You know, you, you close your, you know, close, I'm sleeping with one eye open for real because you didn't know what was going to happen, you know, with these guys. But, but all in all, it was, uh, it was a really great experience and it, it, it teaches you a lot about yourself and uh, your discipline and your focus, you know, because that's all it is. Any fighter will tell you that they would love to be in a position to just and and you don't gotta pay no rent, no bills, worry about nothing. You know, if you got kids, you don't gotta worry about them at that point. It's all about focusing on your craft and uh, being the best fighter you can be, and that's it. That's all we did. You know, you get free food. You know, any fighter would tell you that that's the ultimate goal uh, for a fighter is to be able to just have complete focus on your craft. You know, so uh, yeah, I just. Really, just to hone in on my craft, and uh, just I just want to win. So, did you go back and have you been watching this season, or is it kind of weird to like watch yourself after you, you know, you're on TV? Have you been able to go back and watch it all? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I I, I went and watched it because you, I was there, so you know, I know exactly what happened. But it's different when it's on TV because they cut and crop. You yeah. know, they they put here and there and cut and crop. And it's like they make you how to be however they want to make you seem. You know, it's the, the real is not exactly that. Of course, the fight is, but they make all these parts of the, they, they make it a story, you know? So they do a very good job of that. They make it a story. They make it, and uh, they make it, you know, for TV. But when you're there in the moment, it's it's just in the moment, you know? How hard is it to then have the season end Got to watch it air entirely and then fight. Like, you you gained all this momentum in the house and fighting all the time. And then they're just like, yo, all right, chill for like three or four months. And then uh, <laughs> then we'll have this final. Like, how hard is it to then just flip the switch and then now come back and have to perform and win this thing? Uh, actually, it wasn't hard at all because, if anything, the body needed it. You know, if the short span of fights that you think you go through just to even get to this point, it's uh, they, that's the whole point about it. They make it hard on you, you know. They said that they they make it hard to see who gonna get to where we're at now, yeah. you know. For the fact that the body is finally recovered, regrouped, ready to go out there and make a bang. That's you know that's what makes it uh, worthwhile, and uh, that's exactly what we're gonna do Saturday. Let me ask you this, man, because obviously we kind of alluded to it. Yeah, your older brother's Kamaru Usman, uh, the champ. Have you always been bigger than your brother? Because God damn, you're a big dude compared to... I mean, your brother's a big dude, but holy shit. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I've always been bigger than him. I played football, you know, in high school and in, in college. And then if you play football, you know, once you indulge yourself into football and into the program and just eating and how we eat, 
you naturally <laughs> get bigger. You know, football is big. It's, you know, you naturally get bigger. And plus, I wasn't always the tallest dude, but I always made sure, always made sure that uh, one thing somebody can't do uh, is, is say stronger or bigger than me. That was it. My biceps, if I had to do curls every day in the gym, <laughs> I was going to make sure. You could be 6'5", but I was like, look at these arms then. You know, <laughs> you ain't bigger than me. So that was always that was always my mentality, just to, you know, what's going to make me better than the next man? You know, it's not about height. It's not about nothing. It's about who I am, what's inside me. That's why I've always pushed myself to work out, do what I need to do to, to give myself that my advantage. Wait, did, so did you and your brother used to have dust-ups in the crib? Like, did y'all fight growing up at all? They used, Yeah, but see, we Africans, so it was more of a respect thing. We never really got into, like, big, big fights, but they would, yeah, they would pick on me, for sure. I, I, Cash and Kamara would always <laughs> pick on me when we was younger, so they, they now they, they get to, they get to, uh, yeah, y'all know y'all pick <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got. I got to put you under pressure, though. Let's be real. Right now, you versus your brother wrestling match. He beating you? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I needed. <laughs> Nobody in the UFC can test him except you. I mean, that's what I. Yeah, he not he not beating me right now. No, <laughs> you hand him that L right now. Tell him there's yeah, levels to yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't get me wrong. When it comes to skill and doing just just being the best and being so indulged in his craft my brother is for sure the you know the best but if we go in and mano a mano right now now nah, i'm throwing him out the window <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh before we get back to your fight one more thing about your brother he talks about moving up to 205 is that something you think he can honestly do like you you see him train every day you see how strong he is yeah you think he could jump a weight division go up there and, and not only hold his own, but become a champ in a whole different weight class, 30 pounds above. 100%. I think he could totally do it just because uh, it's his skill set, you know? It's different a lot of these guys when you say the skill set. A lot of these guys, you know, one-punch knockout, this and that. Bro has that too, but the way that he fights and his skill set, the way that he can mix it up, he can strike to his wrestling, everything he does makes it, to a point where, yes, he can go up there and dominate because it's the way he mixes up everything. That's what makes him the best in the world. And, you know, what? I'm striving to get better. Everybody's striving to get better and mixing up everything because it's mixed martial arts. Yep. You know, you keep somebody guessing. They think you're wrestling, you striking. They think you're striking, you wrestling. So I can see bro going up there and dominating these guys because they think he's out there striking, now they're on their back and they can't get up. And you know they're not going to get up if he if he gets them down. So I think he does. He definitely has an advantage there. And, uh, yeah, it's something, if that's what he wants to do, and think about it, and, and that's even scary because then you know, bro, he ain't got to lose no weight. He going to even put on some old muscle. So, you know, people think he's already muscle enough. Wait till if he has to go up to 205, he's going to look like me. <laughs> That's dog. That's scary. That, that is yeah. scary. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's talk about your fight this weekend. Ultimate Fighter Finale. You and Zach getting it on. Um, what do you think about him as an opponent? You've been in the house with him all this time. I've seen people talk about your last fight in the house, the split decision. Some people had it one way. Some people had it the other way. A lot of people talking about the upside of Zach. What do you see in that opponent? And what what do you have to do on Saturday to to become the uh, Ultimate Fighter winner? I just got to beat him up. 
You know, simple as that. At the end, at the end of the day, I just gotta beat them up. Uh, people can say whatever they want about a fight, but uh, like I, I was saying, I fought the tubes in the house, and, uh, uh, excluding myself. If somebody, if people want to really look at look at the grand scheme of things and opponents, I fought the two best people in the house, including myself. You know, I didn't have no easy fights from the day one when the, the Mitchell Seep guy was talking smack. Wanted he made it personal. It was just the Ultimate Fighter show. It was personal with this guy, and I was like, wow, how's we are all here competing to do something, and you're coming on a personal level with me. So that made me go down and dig deeper into a place in my, in my, in my, my, my toolbox. Because I'm like, it's more than a competition with these guys. These guys are trying to come at me differently. And of course it's because my brother champ or all these other things, but these guys, it's not just a fight with these guys when it comes to me, it's more than that. And, and, and it pushed me to be a different type of fighter. Hence, I like the door because he was the number one pick on on Amanda's team, and I was the number one pick on Juliana's team. And I fought him, and and I and I watched that fight. And more, and Eduardo's a hell of a fighter, and uh, and and I and I'll give credit where credit is. That is a good fighter, and uh, you know it might not have been my best outing that night, but I got the job done. And that's the thing about fighting. Every day is not going to be your best days, but you got to make sure you win. You know, mm-hmm. so I made sure I went in there and I won. And I did what I needed to do, and I pressured him, and I did things that I needed to do in that fight to get the job done, which I did. So people can talk, but it's different when you're really in that cage. Somebody that's 260 pounds coming in at six, 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 seven. There's, you got to throw. You can't just throw right somebody like that. You know, you got to really mix it up, and it's different when you're in there. Then he does a lot of things too to make it hard to hit him. So there's certain things I got to in the fight to try to get to somebody. But but in terms of Zach, you know, Zach is a, he's a good fighter. Uh, I, I respect his skill set. I respect his skills. Uh, I just, you know, I'm just going to be too much for him. <laughs> Simple as that. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to handle my business. I work in and I'm going to just let the work show. After you get this contract, because again, I could I could put money on you before the season started. I knew what was going to happen. After you get this contract, when you look at the landscape of the UFC heavyweight division, you just saw Derek Lewis um, lose a close one. Might have been stopped early this past weekend. But the heavyweight division is desperate for new fighters, for new names, new blood. The, the top 10 is there for the taking. Do you look at that division and say, yo, I can work myself up to a championship level pretty quick? Like, how do you see yourself comparing to the people already at the top of the heavyweight division? Hundred uh, percent. I'm destined to be here. Uh, like I, I really say that in the, in the way of, of I stopped thinking about things where I start. I stopped trying to make things happen. I just started to just go. go with, that's why I say I'm destined to be here because this had this this uh, this opportunity to be on Ultimate Fighter. Just everything just happened how you know God wanted it to. I didn't say, man, I want to do this. This opportunity just happened. So then I even went into these fights like, man, you know, these guys really want to fight me. What I'm, you know, I'm just going to just trust myself, trust God, trust everything in front of me, my abilities, and I know I'm going to win. So that's, I just go on faith. So me being here now at this very moment, at this point in my life, I know I'm going to win the show. I know I'm going to go on to uh, fight in the UFC at the heavyweights, and I'm going to give it a good one. And I, and I know I'm going to do it because it's just destiny. So I'm just going to take it a day at a time, a fight at a time, and just keep getting better. Uh, one of my last questions for you is like heading into the house, 
I'm curious because you talked about after this this win on the last episode how much you dedicated to your son. Um, did did the other f- people in the house know about your situation, or was that something you kind of kept close to your chest? Because it felt like there was such an outpouring of emotion following your win. It, it, I'm I was curious if you held that in and kept that um, away from everybody else. I, I I kept that in, but you know my 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 team, you know my coaches, they knew. Uh, because it's a, uh, you know, it's a part of me. So these guys that I'm going to be with, I mean, I'm not going around telling the team that everybody that I could tell, that's not me. You know, my coaches knew, Juliana knew, the, the people that were close to me on my team knew, you know, because uh, that's what, that's my fuel. That's what drives me. So, uh, so they knew for, you know, and then, uh, you know, the show is, is, is kind of different because, you know, they, they take parts here and there and they, they all, they put it all into one show and make it, Oh man, I'm just outpouring this every second of the day, right. and I, I I seen that, and I was like, man, if they come, if they do this one more time to me, I'm like, man, I wasn't just waking up saying, oh my son, man, oh, oh man. They, they 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 did it. They, 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 I understand them trying to show, you know, my what what fills me. You know, it was kind of a, you know how they, you know how they make things look, look on, but uh, but yeah, my definitely knew. Uh, for the most part, because they were close to me. We had real conversations because, you know, there's no TV, no phones, no nothing there. Yeah. So if you're talking, you have to do it with your teammates and people that you, you know, you really cling to in the house. So they they all knew what drive me and my passion and, uh, and, and about my son. No, I mean, amazing story. Anyone who hasn't checked out this season of The Ultimate Fighter, make sure you guys do that. Muhammad Usman, destined to win this year this season destined for great things going forward thanks man thanks for taking time out from being in your hotel room flexing um in the mirror and such I am, i'm assuming that's what you've been doing all day i appreciate I'm, you yo, yo, son, i am taking a shower with my shirt on tonight because this brother hey, yeah nah, that's it that's motivation this is it I'm, y'all gonna see me in six months who's one's gonna be ranked in the top 10 and i'm gonna be here just flexing on people no shirt in Blue oh, Wire man. Studios. <laughs> of, I can't wait to see. I, of, of hey, I'm going to hold you to it, man. Six months, man. I'm going to hold you to That's it. Gonna be, listen, you're going to be in the top 10. I'm going to be here flexing, and we're going to do a Got side-by-side you. yes, for You're going to be back on the show. <laughs> this, this one's yes, gonna, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Either I'm going to look like you, or I'm going to look like retired Cormier. But we go in one direction or the other. <laughs> I ain't going to look the same. We gonna, You're going to get a heavyweight body out of me somehow, some way. <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking time out and joining us. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys too, and thank you guys for having me. Anytime. Absolutely. Good luck thank in your you. fight this weekend, everyone. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. You too, Muhammad Usman. Amazing. Make sure you guys watch his fight this upcoming weekend. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of MMA. We'll keep this short. To keep the show short, shout out to everyone, Blue Wire Studios, everyone in the booth. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube. Amazing videos on there, interviews, everything else. We'll keep bringing you great interviews, fire content. Till next time, though, we're out. Peace.